With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Richard Deitch, the host of the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Multiple times a week, our podcast will get you interviews with the most notable names in sports media. From broadcasters to dealmakers to people doing great work behind the scenes. Here's Hubie Brown. Anytime that you win an award, it's not just because of the announcer and the analyst. It's always because of the production team. That's the Sports Media Podcast with Richard Deitch. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Well, you wouldn't believe it, but the show literally ended 90 seconds ago, yeah. and this is a true post-show podcast. What's up? The post-game podcast, Jerry. Uh, you asked me to reach out to uh, Nikki Glazer's people yes, uh, to see if she would come on your show when you're filling in, and yeah. uh, I've reached out. I, I direct messaged her on Instagram. Oh, okay. Slid right into her DMs, That's, I tried. She doesn't accept uh, direct messages on Twitter. On unless... Twitter. On yeah. uh, Instagram, I don't think you have a choice. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. I tried because because they're, right. they're her contacts on her website. They're it's just the company, and they're huge companies in Beverly Hills. They're That's never going to get back to us. That's why I was wondering if you us. had any, if you knew anyone from those companies. You know, I've listened to a lot of her uh, interviews recently. She was on Mark Marin. She was on Conan O'Brien, and in in those interviews, she and even when she's been on Howard Stern, she says she does read her DMs. Okay. So uh, maybe she, you know, I just asked for a name of who I could reach out to. Oh, it's perfect. That'd be, I thought it'd be the timing would be perfect. Yes. Tour starts on Friday the 2nd. We've got that week. I think she starts in Vegas. So I figure maybe Monday morning, whatever. Why not try, Jerry? She's still in St. Louis, Missouri. She is. Right. So it's not that early with nine o'clock. It's, you know, let's go. And then you mentioned you want Bob Euchre as well. That, well. And then who was the third one? Uh, Terry Collins, who I oh, love talking to. So he, Al, uh, Sal talk, works with him. That's done. Okay. The Euchre one, he, someone from SNY already reached out. They heard it and said, good luck. No chance. Really? He doesn't do interviews. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he, we'll try, but I, that's whatever. But if I, hey, listen, end up with Nikki Glazer Tuesday and Terry Collins Thursday. Beautiful. You'd be Wonderful. thrilled, Jerry. Yeah, I would. That'd be perfect. I'd like to get Nikki Glazer in studio. So would I. Oh, yeah. But the problem with that is... I will not be hosting when she's here. Right. I want to talk to her. <laughs> yes. Yes, we've talked about this. Nothing more frustrating than uh, somebody that you like that you would love to interview being interviewed by somebody who doesn't really care. Right. And, and she's like, yeah. in on September 23rd. We probably could get her in. Maybe. And, and you know what? Maybe have her in if we can get her. Have her in again. Come in in person. Boom would be right on our Wikipedia page. He might know who she is. Yeah. He might. He's a big he stand-up guy. Yes, he very well could know. And so might G. I don't know. I just I've I've for a couple years now. I've been on her 
Um, I just I think she's great. So. Literally, you've been on her. Literally, journey. I have <laughs> not been. A boomer got me so pumped to, to watch this Bill Burr at Red Rocks. You yes. Know, he, and I watched it. I have such a hard time now watching stand-up comedy. So do I. I told you that. I, it's very, although I like her, I find stand-up comedian Netflix posts them all the time. I put it on five minutes. I'm like, I'm bored. Yeah. Not funny. I, I can still uh, sit through hers. Yes. She, uh, she's good. And Bill Burr I do like, but. The thing is, it's like in that it's, one that Red Rocks was just shot weird. So it was shot weird one. The color was off. I also the lighting think, was off. So he did the whole thing about female athletes yeah. being paid like men. He, there was nothing funny about it. I felt like he was just telling you what right. he thinks. And while I happen to agree with some of the stuff he was saying, because it's at the end of the day... It is about drawing eyeballs to the sets if you want to be paid. It is about fan attendance. And if you don't have that, why like why should a person in the WNBA get paid anywhere near what an NBA player makes when you can't compare the viewing audiences and the popularity of it? Right. But I felt like he was like yelling at us. <laughs> right. I, I thought it was weird. Again, I, I agree with that premise. Some of the other stuff you went a little far. But like that premise I got, but it wasn't funny. I thought it was int- I don't know. It was weird. There were yeah, parts the- of it that were funny, but that part was weird. Yeah, and then I kind of put it on on my iPad when I was making dinner and things. Like right. it's one of those things. Like Bobby Dwyer used to listen to Netflix comedy shows on his way in. Okay, I think that's more realistic than sitting down and watching and a stand up comedian. But when I was younger, man, I I, I loved an hour-long stand-up special. Right. Like, I was locked in. Richard Lewis, Gary Shanling. Like, I was... Ellen DeGeneres had some great specials. Yeah, sure. But I just can't watch them now. Just like I was listening to, to Joe Rogan. He had a comedian, Nate Bargatze Bar- 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 or something. Okay. He was very popular. I, I'm not that much aware of him. But for the last hour of the podcast, they were just watching things that they were talking about, and then... The, Joe Rogan bring him up on YouTube. I'm like, what percentage of his audience is watching his podcast versus listening to listening to it? And for like an hour, I didn't know what they were. I was just like, can we move on? I don't know what this is. I would think the majority is listening, not watching. Correct. I would think. But then again, if I go to YouTube and check or not YouTube, it would be Spotify. But but do they show the amount of viewers like YouTube does? uh, I don't know. I don't know if Spotify does with their podcast. I'm not sure either. Because I get that on the uh, Roku, I can watch it, but I don't. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they do. Right, you can watch it on your app, even on your phone. You can yeah, watch right. the podcast. That's right, right. But Good you got to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But when I listen, I'm driving, so I'm not watching. Me too. Uh, I did start watching that Manti Teo documentary. Yeah. And the thing that I find interesting about it, not specifically that topic, but this idea of when the news goes with a story. It's like a hurricane. It's like a hurricane. Can't stop it. it, And you don't get any details. Whatever details that the news wants to focus on. Like, it's very hard. It's like what Gio always tells me about me fighting people on Twitter. He says, like, Twitter is not a place where you can have a nuanced conversation back and forth. Like how you can in a podcast Mm -hmm. or an interview. And it's like the same with the news cycle. It's like they just want to tell you Manti Teo had a fake girlfriend. He got catfished. And then there's no real follow-up to it or details to it unless something like 2020 does something or Dateline or this Netflix thing. 
you, you, there were just so many because I was interested in that story when it happened, right? And and there were so many, and I'm only 45 minutes into this, so many details that I wasn't aware of, even the timeline of it. So it's just weird, like how many stories that we don't look into that we just take the what the news is reporting or what just keeps getting reported over and over well, again. Well, I think you can take that with every story on the news. I mean, just look at the pandemic. They gave you the news, and I've, I'm sure the anchors will tell you that it's fair and balanced, to use an old rise of Fox News that used to do fair and balanced. Uh, one of Someone them did. used to do it. But they're also really reading what the producers are writing for, what the yeah. writers are writing for them. And I don't know how many of those guys are going and fact-checking what they're presenting to the public. And depending upon the station... That's the slant you get. Partially true, slanted to the narrative you're trying to get out there. I think it's like that with anything. If it's going to get hits and clicks, you you read it and you move on. Right. And that's that. And I think where some people do look into it is when it hits home and it has a real impact on what you're doing. So I bring up the pandemic because if you didn't agree with what you were hearing about masking or the vaccine, a lot of people did like real hard research online because it directly impacted their every day. Manti Teo did not impact them at all. It was more a funny, you felt bad for him, and yet it was a talking point and a joke at a cocktail party. Right, probably all the late night talk shows were doing Manti oh, Teo Probably. Jokes. Every one of them did it. Yeah. So I think it depends on the... The impact it has on you directly, how much you actually care to dig deeper. You know, I that that would be my take on it. Yeah, that's probably true. Like, it didn't impact my day, but it was interesting to hear right. the real story. Well, you looked into the vaccine stuff. You looked into the masking stuff. Yeah. You looked into true. a lot of different things because that was, no matter who you were in this country, it mattered where you worked, how you worked, how you got to work, where you're going to be home. How you went into Walmart, I mean, it was like you couldn't go five steps without that having an impact on your life. Right. Manta, unfortunately, he was more entertainment for everybody. Yes. Sadly. He was uh, our entertainment. Yeah. What year was that? Uh, like Boomer and Carton were on, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because I remember which gym I was I was going to the gym in Basking Ridge where I remember hearing that interview on Jim Rome. Got it. Manti Teo. Hmm. Yeah, it was very weird, very, very bizarre. But uh, it's interesting if uh, you're into that sort of thing. Uh, it's on uh, Netflix right now. Uh, we were talking also earlier in this program, in your program with Sal, about working at WFAN when Imus worked here. Yeah. And how there was an an, an aura. aura. Yeah. Was the aura, what type of aura was it? Was it an aura like? That it was bigger than the radio station. Was there there was a fear aura also that you didn't want to I screw never felt, up in no, front of them? I, I never felt that like Sal was talking about. There was an intimidation factor, I would say. There was um there was a feeling of Imus was the major celebrity in the building. Wasn't just a radio guy. He wasn't just a talk show host. He was Imus in the morning, like this legendary figure. And it was if he doesn't know you. You don't talk to him. Like, it's pretty simple. The eye contact thing is a little goofy, but, I mean, I know what Eddie's saying. Um, and so I'll never forget the first day 
he actually was nice to me. And not that he wasn't, he was never mean to me other than that one time when I almost cried and quit. <laughs> um, he just never said anything to me. And then there was one time that Sid got a story wrong. And I called the control room to tell Bernie. I was driving home. I said, hey, it's Jerry. Just tell Sid. That's what it was. Sid was talking about how the Yankees would never get no hit like other teams. I forget what it was. And I called Bernie immediately. I'm like, hey, just in Sid's ear uh, headphones, just let him know the Yankees got no hit last season. Combined no hitter by the Astros. I knew that's what it was. And he goes, oh, that's too good. Hold on. So he told Imus in his headset, not Sid. And then Imus is like, and who's telling you this? And Bernie said, it was me, the overnight sports anchor. And then from that point forward, he like referenced me several times. It was like, it was like the coolest thing ever. Um, but the, so here's what I, here's what I would say. Joe was on overnight. Bernie and Lou would come in anywhere between five and five thirty, And then at five thirty, that was it for the sports. Lights went down to the control room. That door got shut, and now Charles was on at 5, very professional news guy, goes in there at 5.30, never really came out. He was in there doing the news. You got a news writer going crazy, trying to get the 6 o'clock news you know, prepared. You got the sports tape op trying to get stuff ready for Breen. Breen coming over and dictating what he wants. First of all, saying, all right, let's go over the sound you have. And we had a, from 2, you didn't show up at 4 o'clock, from 2 until 5, you were cutting sports sound like crazy after you cut the news sound. So it was by six o'clock you could relax. But those first four hours were as pressurized the four hours I've ever done. So then you say, all right, Mike, here's what we have. I got 12 clips here. You run them and you were listening for stupid, goofy things. And you'd be like, all right, we're going to take that one started at this word, five seconds in, clip it right here. And you had to write everything down. And then it, 610, he would come over, where's everything? And he had to bring the carts in with the sound for Lou to play. So anyway, 530 Charles, news writer, 545 after traffic, taped best of from the day before. Lights out, everything. And remember, it's not like now where there's no one here. There are people all over the place. He's got his assistant, Bernie's running around, news writer, Charles is running around, Breen is, you know, doing things, then Warner Wolf. And then his, he would come like lumbering in at 5.58, cowboy hat on, sometimes with a cigarette in his mouth, sometimes a gun on his hip, and always the bag, you know, walking slowly. He'd go into that control room, into the studio, and then bam, 6 o'clock it was on, cameras were on. And remember, radio, TV, radio guys on TV didn't happen back then. He was like, it. And it was just... I don't know. I There's no other. You weren't allowed in the control room. You don't touch that studio door. And it was just like Sal said, at 10 o'clock when the show was over and he got through the newsroom, it was like, all right, the I'm, that show's over. You just felt like you were witnessing history. I And I knew it at the time. I felt it at the time. And it was, it was different. Do you think that will happen again? For a radio star. I don't know. I mean, I think you were at K-Rock. My sense is it was the same way with Stern, with the Stern show over there. Yeah. And that's the other thing about Imus. He had, and I know Boomer's got his office and everything like that. Like, Imus had that wing, as you remember, that hallway. That before you got there, 
Mike and Chris's office was his, that gigantic office in the corner. With the wood paneling. Yeah. And then there were not one, you had the one, but there were two IMIS offices. And then even the one that became the Boomer and Carton office was an IMIS. I mean, they owned everywhere. And then we were left with the newsroom in a small little <laughs> studio. Like that was, he built the place basically. Yeah. So, yeah, when I don't I, know. When I was at K-Rock, I, I was working in the afternoon. So I wasn't there the same time Howard was there, but his crew would, some of his yes. crew would still be there. Oh yeah. But yeah, like they had, and I understand it's serious. It's a lot more like he's got a full wing. Yeah. At K-Rock, it wasn't really, you know, because the show grew while he was there. Sure. So they didn't have, they didn't control everything. You know, the Howard had a studio that you did not go into. Right. You know. Off limits. Off limits. And an office that was off limits, although open, because there was really nothing in there. There was a, Howard had like a couch. And for some reason, there was a scale, like like a doctor's office scale when you go in there. I don't <laughs> know if they just left it in there when they sure. used to weigh people yeah, on yeah. the air. But that was it. It was like nothing on the walls. It was just a place for him to meditate and rest. That was it. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely wouldn't like – I wouldn't even – I wouldn't even really interact with his people because I didn't want to yeah. annoy them. Bernie and Lou were cool. Like they were, they would they would walk around yeah, that old bastard. Like they, you know, like he he was hard to work for, but and they also, it was not unusual to see Lou still there at three o'clock working on stuff for the next day. Bernie would be there till noon. Bernie got in earlier than Lou. Bernie was there before five, probably four forty-five, and he was always there till noon. And on production days, when Rob Bartlett and Larry Kenny would come in to do bits and write scripts and pieces. Bernie would stay all day with them as they would go. They have a production meeting in that other, the Joey DeFazio studio. No one knows what that means, but you'd understand all the way around the other side. It was just the Imus production studio. And Imus would stay some days till one, two o'clock in the afternoon doing bits and songs. It was just different. Where did he live, Imus? On the west side of by Central Park. So New York City. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. He used to come in. That was the other thing. So you talk about Aura. So every morning, Imus got there by 5, I would say, every morning, right around 5 o'clock, led by his limo driver, who was carrying his stuff, and then Imus would follow him in slowly. It was, it, you felt like you were in the midst of a star. You did. You absolutely did. Yeah, that's what I wonder. Well, like, will radio see that again? I can't answer that. I don't yeah. know. I, I don't know the answer to that. But that, that was, and maybe perhaps for me more than others, having listened to him and then yeah to me it would be it would be the equivalent right now if I started working for Stern not that I was a huge Stern fan you know I wasn't but I you know last few years I've but I also know he is a star that would be cool to see him yeah it is interesting how some people even outside of their like if I miss had an aura about him in WFAN but there are people that have it on the outside as well yeah I agree. Like I still told you, I think I told you, I'm sure I did. I, I walked by Heidi Klum one time yeah. on the streets of New York, and it was like this angel mm-hmm. presence walking down the street. I was like, like there was just something. And you're like taken by it. Yeah. Yep. There was just something about her. Mm-hmm. In just being out in public, yeah. I was like, oh, that's, that. Oh, who is that? Because I, I knew it was somebody. Yeah. First time I saw Tiger Woods in person within five feet, I was I told you two stars, two athletes. I've only two in all these years doing this. I've been starstruck over 
And it was Tiger Woods on the tee at Beth Page when I got there for a practice round at 6 a.m. So how far were you from him? Five feet. He came walking around. And I wasn't, I didn't know he was there. Got there with my dad, but my dad was on another tee. I went to like the second tee at like 6.30 in the morning or something. We got there really early. He might have went to get a coffee or something. So I go right to the second tee. Not many people there yet. And like out of the trees comes Tiger Woods. And I'm like, holy F, that's Tiger Woods. And he was literally like three, four feet from me putting the ball on the tee in the ground. And it's like, you're like, oh. And the second time was the first time I went in the Yankee clubhouse and had a, and Jeter was standing there. And he's my age. Yeah. I'm older than him by a year. But it was like, that's Jeter. What, what? Do I, can I, am I allowed to talk to him? Meantime, I got a pass on a recorder. Yes, I was allowed to talk to him. I was like, oh, I got nothing. This is Jared Jeter. <laughs> Who do you think athletes that are playing today would have that aura? LeBron. LeBron James for sure. Tom Brady. Really? No Tom Brady? Yeah, I, he seems like too nice of a guy. But you don't think he would have like this aura no, about him when he got into a room I actually don't. that the room would change as you say like but you think LeBron walks in a room the room the... changes yeah I guess because of what he's done the room change but I could say the room would change yeah I guess yeah he's another level yeah no you're probably right with that to me like all right when Shaq there's another starstruck when Shaq walked through here I was blown away we've had other people walk through again whatever hmm. so you might maybe you're right with Brady I don't know Shaq, yeah, that's Shaq right. That's sure. the third one for me. Because of his sheer size also. Yes, and he's Shaq, and I've loved him from the time he came out of, you know, when he was with the Orlando Magic. It's I just think the guy's tremendous. And what he's, about, he's a star off, you know, the court too. So I felt it like when Hulk Hogan was in. Sure. But again. I wasn't a wrestling fan, so to me that was like, oh, it's Hulk Hogan. Oh. You're right, but he was, again, he was here as Hulk Hogan. He wasn't in right. like, like he was in a sleeveless shirt that had his caricature on it and he had his headband on. Like that's Hulk Hogan. Yes. That's Hulk Hogan. And then Mike Tyson is the other one only because I don't think I was here the day he was here. He was been here twice. I think I feel like I haven't been here when he's been in. Yeah. I mean, he's got the face tattoo. You know it. If he wanted to, he could kill you with one punch. (laughs) Yeah. So that was a weird aura. Yeah. It's, it's, weird, a, it's some, weird some people have it and some people yeah. are just nice people. And you'll even hear it about, like, sometimes when I'm talking about radio hosts and things, like people on FAN, we go, you know, oh, you know, that person is, you know, what do you think of so-and-so on the air? I was like, well, you know, does a sports show, but there's not an, and I guess the word I'm looking for is aura. There's not an aura about them that separates them sure. right because it's very difficult to do to talk to yourself for four hours 100 percent. i could not do that but then there's got to be something that separates the people that have the ability to talk to themselves for four hours versus what makes them next level yes and entertaining yeah that and engaging to where you want to listen to them yeah oh every I day i agree and there's different ways to do that i mean you can be the the agitator and just say something to piss people off where they're going to call and yell at you, and yet they're still listen. Or you can say things like a Colin Cowherd, who is, I know he gets he gets ridiculed by a lot of people, but he's the type where he will say very calculated things to get you in an up, to, to um, not get you in, a, get you in an uproar, 
Um, and yet a lot of times we'll also talk on a, an intellectual level that a lot of his audience probably don't have like me. <laughs> right. Um, and that can be very engaging in a way where you want to hear him. There are different, there's different ways to do it. Yeah. The best way is be yourself and have it, just have it. And not everyone has that. Right. We don't know what it is. We don't, but when you have it, it's obvious. But you must have it. Yes. To succeed. Yeah. That's true. Very true. I think Sal has it. I agree with you. I, I've said that to you for years. I've always, I've been a big believer in Sal. I think he is, I think he's got an opportunity to be that next level host. But I've said, I've literally said that for 10 years. Yeah, right. And the, but but where do you, you know, you need a slot to open sure. up that's oh, yeah. not overnight, you know? Correct. So that's I, the tough thing. Yes, I agree with you. I think Sal could do any day part and succeed at it. I agree, Jerry. I don't run this place. Also, the other good thing about Sal, I don't know if he has an agent. I'd love to. He doesn't represent him. He does can do a solo show. Oh yeah, and be entertaining, right? Entertaining and energetic. Yes. And in a world of how do we cut salary? How do we get you got got one guy that can do it? Instead yes, he of can. Two guys. Yes, he can. Very true. He doesn't have an agent? No. Interesting. Nope. He asked me who my guy was. I'm like, I don't have one either. And we're looking at each other like two idiots. <laughs> nope. No. But if you, in order for an agent to work, the agent has to get you more money than, than you're currently making. And that they're they're going to take as part of their deal. Otherwise, it's That the, is it's the problem wash. that a couple of guys I've spoken to have told me. They said it's going to take a lot of work to get you to a level to where we're making money that you're comfortable paying us for. Right. So it's, and they would tell me, like, it's just, like, you do too well. Not as well as you probably could do, but you do too well for us to take you on now. Right. Yet before I made what I make, I wasn't making enough for you to it's take a, a flyer on it's me. It's a fine line. Here's the fine, the fine line is probably we're a beginner, like a full-time beginner host that makes that minimum beginner full-time salary on the air, that's when you need them. That's when you need the agent. Because all you're doing is taking what they give you because you really, you have no leverage. No leverage. They're giving you this amazing opportunity, so you'll take whatever it is. But now you're a full-time talk show host. Future's bright. Now an agent can help you get to the next three steps. There you go. And it keeps you from having awkward money conversations with the boss. Yes, which I don't care for either. Yeah, I don't either. I don't like those conversations. Me neither. It's, yeah, no. Not great. No, Jerry. It's not great. It's like arbitration. They tell you why you shouldn't get the raise you expect. <laughs> There's nothing worse than laying out everything. Yeah. Like, I do this, I do that, I do this, that, this. I really think I deserve this. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> uh, so we'll, uh, no. uh, we'll give you this. Yeah. Or nothing. Okay. Okay, bye. Where do I sign? Bye. <laughs> I got two kids. <laughs> I can't take a chance. <laughs> One's going to college next year. <laughs> I can go my balls, too. <laughs> See you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's that stuff. <laughs> it's also tough with certain... That's why it's funny to me, like, when we talk about this, too, how certain guys appear to have leverage, though you don't think they should. Right. <laughs> Right? Because we always think, like, like... Who's hiring you? Yeah. Or, like, where else are you going? Right. There's no... There aren't many options. 
Unless you want to uproot your family. Right. Or exactly. if you want to get into the podcasting game and can find a gambling company that's going to pay you a lot of money and right. no one's going to hear you. Right. It's an option, I suppose. It's, yeah, it is weird. Like, you can't go down the hall and go, really, FAN, if you don't pay me this, I'm going to go... To Home Depot and stock shelves. Oh, uh, yeah. So, what? Well, let you guys think about that before I... <laughs> See ya. Before I walk out of here. Pretty much. You know, there's certain... Like, everyone says, oh, no job is safe. That is true, but certain jobs have more... Certain professions have more opportunities. Oh, absolutely. Right? So, if you're an yes. accountant and... There's a million accounting firms. Correct. You're and nurse, if you're really you're... good at what you do, they might not want to lose you because by losing you, they might lose the business you handle. Yeah. So people do have leverage. There are some, in terms of talk show hosts, that bring in a lot of money to a station because companies want to invest in that personality. Right. They're valuable. If you're just a talk show host, well, you're just another one in the line of 8,000 that want to do what you do. No leverage. No leverage. Right. You must have hand, Jerry. It's true. The upper hand. Yep. All right, let's do the warm-up program. Did that with CeeLo. Now, tomorrow, Jerry, you're back in the host chair again, this time with Mr. Greg Giannotti. Yes, it's a little different for me. Thursday and Friday. Yeah. He's uh, back running the program, and I react. And then next week, all regular shows. Everyone's in their I'm spot. next week. <laughs> for real? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm here. All right. I'm just kidding. Everybody's here next week. Everyone's here next week. All right. All right, Jerry. So. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f- yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were you came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Whether you're first time, long time, or all the time, call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, good morning, everybody. I am here. Oh, my name is Al. Nice to meet you. I am here with CeeLo. Good morning, CeeLo. Oh, good morning, Al. How are you today? Uh, very good. Uh, Jerry will be here with Sal once again, top of the hour, 6 a.m., 6 to 10. You get four hours of Jerry today, plus the post-game podcast after. 
But he says five hours of Jerry's too much, yeah. so CeeLo joins me. Well, that post-game podcast seems to be a lot of you and Jerry talking to you off the ledge about sinkholes and yes. death and things of that Yeah, nature. we get into some deep... Yeah. A lot of people think it's just like wiener stories. It's not. <laughs> it's progressed that we now talk about life and getting well, older and... The wiener stories lead to the Eddie drops. I think that's Correct. that's what that is. We did. Yeah. Uh, well, Jerry had a wiener story yesterday, of course, a personal yeah. wiener story right. that we yeah. dove into. So uh, uh, more of that. With now, yesterday during the uh, the Jerry and Sal show, we went around the room and it was like, "Will the Mets win tonight?" Yes, 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 yes. One. I wasn't part of that. You were not in here I for was this. Not, no. Okay. Then it was like, uh, "Will the Yankees win tonight?" Yes, 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 yes. We all thought everyone was going to get right. Then I saw Mr. Jerry Recco in the bathroom right before we left for the day. Okay. Jerry and I did our did the show. We did the podcast. Did your business. We do the quick. We both have longer drives home, as you do as well, mm-hmm. Eddie. You know, you hit the, hit the bathroom first. And I said to Jerry, I go, you know, because I was feeling good. I picked both Mets and Yankees to win. Both get right. I said to Jerry, you know, not for nothing, but for the show, be good if one of the teams lost because – have some drama. Right. Two wins. Who cares? Boring. Yeah, boring. But if boring. all we need is because the Mets are playing the Braves, so those are big games. And if the Yankees lost again, oh my goodness, they're losing. What are we doing? To yeah. have two losses. Yeah, I would have had that you was, guys ask me to, to, yeah, to participate in Yeah, that. I probably would have picked win for the Mets, but I, I would not have picked a win for the Yankees. Why? Have you watched them? For I the have, but at some point, something's got hey, well, to give. I'll wait till that gives before I pick for them. I'll continue to pick against them. I mean, again, Mets should have been sh- shut out last night again, by yeah. the way. Mets shut out. Yankees scratching one run barely. Why do you think that should have, should have been shut out? The Yankees? Yeah. Because the play where they scored a run, the third baseman bobbled the ball and made an error. So, And <laughs> there were two why. outs on that play? No, but I think... Because he wasn't coming home with that I ball. I think he was. Really? Yeah. But then he had to switch over to first. I also felt like, uh, you know, Benintendi got the third on a triple. Yes. And I felt like that he should have tried for yes, inside the park. He actually had run. a multi-hit game, which is hard to, hard to fathom. Those do yeah. exist. Well, yeah, but I thought, like, send the guy. Like, you you guys can't score. Right. Well, I think you're right. Yes. I was, was gonna, flying, I was about too. to say the old, the traditional baseball thought, which is, well, it's early in the inning. There's not two outs. <laughs> but with the way the Yankees are going, like, God, we're not going to get him in from third, so we might as well send him now. Right. And Nestor Cortez pitched well other than the big three-run bomb he yeah. gave off. Who, who gave hit up. that home run now? Uh, Aruzarino. Aruzarini. Close enough. Aruzarini. Aruza. <laughs> Randy Aruzarino. Aruzarino, yeah. yeah. Who I like him, but he always seems to be beating down the Yankees every well, time. Well, I mean, he's a... He rose to fame in the 2020 postseason, the pandemic year, when he hit 10 home runs and hit like 370 in the postseason for the race. That's where I know him from, yeah. CeeLo. Yeah, that guy dominated. He did. And then the Mets get shut out. Uh, Matt Olson hit a ball on the roof of the <laughs> restaurant. Yeah, off a guy who hadn't <laughs> pitched in the big leagues in like seven years. That's true. Or as they said in Major League, off a guy who'll be bagging groceries in a few weeks. <laughs> I mean, he crushed that Major ball. Major League 2, that was. On the actual roof of the Chop House restaurant yeah. out there. The yeah. roof yeah, is gets, on gets fire. Gets a free steak with that one. Yeah, because Taiwan Walker left. I have never it's seen like a carbon a, copy of Monday Night with Carrasco, other than this was back spasms, not back spasms. side tightness. Where oblique. he that he felt after he yeah, covered a little, face a jog base. over to first base to cover, and we got back spasms now. I have never seen a more fragile group of people than Yankee than. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> than baseball players. Yes, not just the Yankees. Most most of them. Yeah. I mean, if you go to an old age home and ask somebody to walk <laughs> to the kitchen of the old age, they'll be less likely to get hurt than baseball players doing anything. Yeah, it is frustrating to watch sometimes. It's unbelievable. I mean, these are supposed to be professional athletes. I mean, technically they are, but uh, they they definitely seem to be fragile at times. This doesn't happen in beer league softball where a guy goes right. to cover like I first I can sprint base. 60 feet right now, and I'm out of shape and overweight, and I would not have back spasms. Yeah, so, it's, so biz- it's really bizarre. I don't know if we, we're talking players into injuries. Like, they're so locked in on, does this hurt? Does this hurt? How you feeling? When you covered the first, like, does someone go out to him and go, when you covered her first base, did that hurt? Well, he actually looked to be in discomfort almost immediately. And it was a jog over there. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it gets awkward with the timing of the throw, usually from the first baseman, and, you know, then you're reaching for the bag, being, take an awkward step. I feel so, like those bags. Sometimes that usually leads to, like, a groin or an ankle injury, not back spasms. I feel like those bags should be flat. we got guys running over there. Like the and old, then, the throwdown bases. Yeah, yeah. yes. Like in uh, grammar school. Uh-huh. But then Flat if you're bags. but if you're sliding in, there's not really anything to grab hold oh, of. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know? Yeah. Or if you're going feet first, something to like catch with your, your cleat there. <laughs> right, you just, just slide right past just slide, the bag. Yeah, just slide yeah. right past the back. Yeah. That's a good point. That's yeah. fair. And what also about the this throw thing? the throwdowns the one stay in place. Well, I guess you could create one that goes into the little peg in the ground that still could be flat. But how about this? Flat first base. We have a flat home plate, flat first base. Yeah, second that's and true. Third. Home plate is flat. Who do I talk to? Well, it's flat. I mean, technically it's not, but they buried into the ground so that it's flat. Who do you talk to? Rob yeah. Manfred. Rob Manfred? Yeah. That'd be so great. At like the I... next uh, commissioner's softball game, <laughs> that's never happening. You can chat with him about that. You know, I have his email address because of the softball games. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be hilarious? Like, I just... Only his email? I would have guessed you had his number. Uh, no, I just have oh, his email. Okay. It'd be great. Like, hey, Rob, commission. <laughs> Subject heading, flat first base. Yeah. <laughs> like Costanza going to the Yankees about the, the cotton jerseys. Yeah, like you might be on to something. <laughs> hey, Rob, uh, you know, with this Taiwan Walker injury, yeah. I'm thinking of flat first base. Right. I was talking to CeeLo about it, and he's correct. On the warm-up show, Monday to Friday. Yeah, and he's correct. The Sliding in the second or third, you do, do need something to grab hold of. Yeah. But that's not required at first base. Even if you occasionally someone does slide in the first base, you on could the slide back, off it. Going back on the pickoff attempts. Yeah. yeah or you could slide on off it. trying to get doubled up. Here's the issue with if you made it, it would still, it would have to be some sort of material. I can't believe we're actually delving into yeah. this. It would have to be some sort of material that was not too slippery because you'd still have guys like, you know, you're rounding first going for a double. Or off a base hit, I'm going to round first to see. Like, and you got to cut that bag. Yeah. And if it's the like flat, slippery surface, there'd be no, you guys would be slipping and breaking and rolling ankles left and right. And then you'd have see that one different type of injuries. Don't we? When baseball tries new things, where do they do it? They in like AAA or actually minor they, a lot. They have some independent leagues now where they do it. Yeah, let's they just... have they. I don't know. They have some sort of connection. It's not minor league baseball, but they try out some of these fugazi fakakta rule changes. Yeah. Yeah. I'll at least see if I can get him get that. Sure. Do you think if I Guinea wrote pigs. if I wrote to Rob Manfred with that as the subject line, I would get a response no, back? I do not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nothing. Have you ever gotten an email response from Rob Manfred? Uh yeah, I think I did. Yeah. You know Do was, you think it was him or like I an do assistant? think it was him. Yeah. 
You know who who is very good at email? Adam Silver. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. He seems of the the major commissioners, he seems the most accessible. Very accessible. Yeah. Too accessible. Uh, why? Why too accessible? Well, like the guy wrote me. Like if I had a basketball idea, you just like, told me Manfred wrote you back. So what's the difference? Well, Rob Manfred wrote, wrote me back regarding a softball okay. game. Okay, we and because you guys have had, well, you've had you guys have had Silver in here, right? We at have at least once. But and by the way, I set that up by direct emailing him. Yeah, That's Craig good. was like, "Hey, email Adam yeah, Silver. Hey, yeah, yeah, Al, uh, email Adam, <laughs> uh, the commissioner, will you? Let's get him in here. It's okay. unbelievable." And he wrote back, oh, "Let me check my calendar." Like, oh, that That's was impressive. Easy, yeah. Think about how many emails he probably gets. Right. And hmm. and I, he's one of these guys that I feel like he handles the emails as they come in. He's not one of these that guys that lets push it, it off. Sit. Yeah, yeah, let me just address this and now. Forget. So, right. Let me address it now. If, uh, like Hal Steinbrenner when he missed Derek Jeter's retirement call. Right. Yeah. Didn't address it now. Didn't recognize the number. Forgot to check the voicemail. <laughs> There's a business book where they tell you that if you can solve, fix something in under five minutes, do it now. Do it now. Do it live. Like if you could put your dishes in the dishwasher in under five minutes, do it now. You okay. know, don't put your dishes in the sink and let them sit. Do it now. I'm big. Do it now. Do it. <laughs> Might be How under long a is it? I was going to say five minutes minute. to put dishes in the dishwasher. No, I'm saying if there's a task that yeah, takes, yeah, whatever the task let's say it's be. under right. a minute. Don't put it off. Eight minutes abs. It. Correct. Seven minutes. Eight minute ads. Yeah, yeah. You could do your whole thing. I'm big in eight on minutes. the with the dishes. I don't always put it right in the dishwasher or clean it, but I'm a stickler at home for at least rinsing it so that the food doesn't dry and yep. cake to the either dish or the That's bowl. Fair. That is a problem for me. Mm-hmm. I, it bothers me when that happens because it just makes the task of then cleaning it that much more difficult. Right. Now you got to scrub. Just give it a little a little rinse and you can circle back to it later. You're good to go. So if you learn nothing. Else today in all of it's only five twelve a.m. Right, you got a long way to go today. You got a long way to go today. Could be great things in store for you. Mm. You could be looking at a really bad day. We don't know. <laughs> could it get an alternate side parking ticket? Never we don't. Well, know. actually, not on a Wednesday. Uh yeah. Wild well, front, you could. Yeah, yeah front you four could. to six, right? If you learn one thing, if you can complete a task in w- one minute or less, do it now. Do it now. We'll do it now, and we'll do it live. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Whatever that is, it's not right in the teleprompter. <laughs> we'll do it live. Do it live. I'll write it. And we'll do it live. Now, the good news is Max Scherzer. There's good news? Oh, okay. And Jacob yeah. DeGrom will pitch the next two games. Yes. They, by the way, the Mets better score some runs. Mm-hmm. Or Max Scherzer going to be pissed. That guy, you do not tick him off. No. He's going to, like, eat some people in the clubhouse or something. I want to see him... Grabbing hitters by the like the, the, the front of the jersey mm-hmm. up against the wall in the dog and go get mm-hmm. a hit, score some runs. Let's for not me. lose our composure. Score some runs for me. Yeah, they better win the next two. They gotta win the next two because then you get out of there with a split, right? And no harm, no foul. And I'm very, you know, look, it's good that they have them lined up the next two days, and then you got Chris Bassett on Friday, but then you look beyond that all of a sudden because Carrasco's down. Walker, I would guess, is probably going to miss a star. We'll wait and see. Plus, they have a doubleheader Saturday aye, aye, in aye. Philadelphia. So it's like, okay, you could go David Peterson. You get Trevor Williams, who can, does a little bit of both. But then what happens on Sunday? And then what happens? Yeah. I don't know where they go. Good question. So who is this fellow who came in and pitched for? Uh, Alvarez. Taiwan Walker. Alvarez. Yeah, they go like this. Yeah. Well, Buck, before the game, was all excited. He's like, oh. 
I was here to, here to tell you guys Alvarez is coming up because Francisco Alvarez is their top prospect. And then he oh, was, he's uh, playing jokes. Yeah, he was. He was. So this Alvarez, who looks like he's got the hair flowing out of his, got the he's flow. got a beard, yeah, he's got bat, a yeah. flow of hair. Yep. They go, oh, uh, Alvarez coming in, he hasn't pitched since 2015. In the majors, yeah. That's seven years ago. That's correct. I did the math. Yes. RJ, what? not AJ. RJ Alvarez. RJ Alvarez. 31. His bio uh, on ESPN's got a Red Sox hat on. At what point when you are having pitched in seven years in the majors, do you go, oh, maybe I'll do something else? And by the way, when he, he and in 2015 and 20, he's, he had a grand total of 28 big league innings to his name. It's not like, you know, he had pitched for a while and then went back down and said, hey, I'm going to stick with it, you know? He gave up some long balls yesterday. Sure did. Sure did. Is, <laughs> by the way, the last time he pitched in the majors yeah. in 2015... With uh, Oakland, you want to take a stab at what his ERA was across 20 Seven. innings? Higher, Bob. Oh, 12. <laughs> Lower. 9.9. <laughs> mm. You can Oof. see why he was uh, pretty much a career minor leaguer. And I also see the Mets are calling up number two prospect, third yeah, baseman, this one. Brett Batty. Beatty. Close. <laughs> Close. You would think baseball, you want to go bat. The tendency, right. you the, see the BAT, right. it's baseball, I'm going to go bat, but it's Beatty. They're acting like this guy's like the next uh, coming. Of, well, he's uh, one of their Brooks. Well, he's one of their top prospects. So you know. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. Not, not not the top guy, but one of. And he'll be available tonight. He's supposed to arrive in time for tonight's game. Yes. Will he? Because hit- it's very strange. Eduardo Escobar, who still wasn't on the IL as of last night, but they're basically like, it's almost as if he's just sucking it up until they can get a guy, you know, a guy in, and then they'll put him on the IL. <laughs> Can only, hit, there can only hit left-handed. Listen, <laughs> I'm really hurt, and I can only because he's a switch hitter. I can only hit from the left side. Meanwhile, he can physically go up there and do it, but his numbers have. I feel bad because I've been in his corner. He's a veteran guy, and been waiting for him to like play kind of up to his career numbers. But post All Star break, he's hitting under 200. Now he's banged up, hasn't hit well from the left side. And he's the like of the two sides, lefty righty. The one that he's physically capable of doing now is his worst side. Perfect. So it's not good. So we'll see Brett. Beatty tonight. Yes. He may star, yes? I would think so. Will he get a hit? I don't think they'd call him up if he's not going to play. Well, he's, a, he's known for his he's good stick. Got a good stick. The defense, we'll see. Questionable? Well, I mean, he A, he just got to AAA not that long ago. All right. He's been moving up the system because of his offense, not because of his defense. And he's he's a third baseman, but he's also played some outfield because they – rotate things around a little bit at Syracuse. They have some other, like Mark Vientos, which is the other name you hear a lot with the Mets, plays both first and a little bit of third. So it's not like you don't he, you know, you don't know just pen his name into the lineup at third base every day. You know what I'm saying? It's not I like do. Brooks Robinson or uh, Mike Schmidt on the on the come here. Or Doug DeSensei. On the cub, yeah. Doug DeSensei. Yeah. Is that going to be 80s? Orioles, yeah. Okay. Orioles, 80s. Terrific third baseman. But I just gave you Brooks Robinson. You I know. Give me another lesser known yeah. Oriole. But next in line, third right baseman. Right after? Right. Was on, it a seamless transition? No, no, I don't know. If, I'm not okay. sure if it was. I'm just saying as far as third. On the rankings. Yeah, on the okay. rankings. I'd gotcha. go Doug DeSensei right after mm. Brooks Robinson. Mm. Let's take a break here, CeeLo. And when we return, I've got, let's do a little bit about the Jets situation. Yes. We've got Zach some, Wilson went under the knife yesterday. Well, yes, I guess when did. it's arthroscopic, you can't really say under the knife. Right? Yeah, because it's like a laser beam or yeah, something. It's like a little incision. Yeah, a little incision. Uh, we'll talk about that. And then uh, Jerry and um, 
Sal is his name. Sal. He'll be with us again today. Yes. Join us at 6 a.m. Yes. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Country on a Wednesday. Warm up program. My name is Al. I'm with CeeLo today. Alt Country? Alternative Country, yeah. I didn't know that such a thing existed. Oh, it exists. When, when did that genre arrive? Uh, I think the 90s. Huh. Pretty sure. I want to hear. It's got, got a country twang, but rocking. You hear what I'm saying? Okay. So this was sort of. Stemming the tide from the, as my dad still calls it, country western. So, like, I could put on a current, you know. Like, like Luke Bryan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Country western. I'm like, <laughs> eh, no one calls it that anymore. Not exactly. Right. Country music now is like, it's just it's pop, pop music. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So, this was this is sort of like the middle. Oh, that's why alt. Alt. Right? Alternative yeah. country, yes. Uh, I did, by the way, start watching the Manti Teo documentary on How Netflix. Is it? It's very good. Started, well, it's two episodes. It's How two long episodes. Are the, episodes? There are, I, the first episode was an hour. I, I got through about 40 minutes, and then I, at 8 o'clock, tapped out. I, no, I have to go to bed. I shut it off. Have to go to bed. Yeah, because I, <laughs> I have a schedule I'm maintaining over That's here. That's impressive that you can, I mean, I guess for you it works because you live alone other than yes. the dog. Right. And so if you I can don't be get, scheduled and regimented. Yeah. And if I don't get to bed, the, the the dog's gonna want to it changes her schedule. It's a whole thing going on oh, in my see. house. Okay, you think you have a chaotic with a uh-uh. wife and two kids? I've got one <laughs> dog, and it is chaos over there. So I started. Gosh, go ahead, go. I started watching the documentary. It's very good. I mean, it would kind of have to be, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's a fascinating topic. Something that was a major story at the time, and something we still didn't know that much about, even all these years later. Right, because you wonder, like, how does it really, you know, when you go, well, how did he fall for this? How did it, once you start hearing from him and hearing from his friend and then hearing from the uh, man who perpetuated the hoax, who mm-hmm. is now a woman, right? It's, it starts to make a lot more sense yeah. as to how it happened. I saw somebody tweet out a video. I didn't watch the video this morning because I was, you know, focused on more pertinent matters. Good. But it said, we all every we all owe Manti Teo an apology, is what it said. I don't know well, if that's well, accurate I don't know or not. An apology. But, well, yeah. Point I being, I guess we all him. rushed to judgment. Yeah, well, that's what we do. Yeah, and it, the, you didn't badmouth him at the time? Nope. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on. There were tons of, like, news clips in the documentary mm-hmm. where, yeah, whereas I don't The talking know. heads were yeah. ripping him to shreds. I yeah. forget who even drafted him. I feel like it was either the Chargers or the I Cardinals. Think, no, it was the Chargers. I get him and the Honey Badger confused. <laughs> Tyron Matthew? <laughs> yes. Manti Teo, Tyron Matthew. Okay. I guess. Yeah. They don't play the same position or really look alike, but no, that's fine. but I get them confused. Yeah, Teo was Chargers, and they ended up with the Saints. I don't know if he played for anyone else. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he never really didn't. Yeah, which is so weird because in the documentary he dominated high school, he dominated at Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, well, he I still think he did. He end up a first round pick. I think he did. Yes, I believe so. But 
that I remember that being a, a storyline going into the draft. Oh, is this, you know, is he going to fall? So on and so forth. Oh no, right. second round. See, oh, second wrong. round. He because that that uh, I think that all I, happened maybe, while maybe he was at Notre Dame. Maybe my recollection is fuzzy at this point. No, I think it's, you're what, correct. Ten years ago now. Yeah, I think you're correct. Took a bit of a dive there in the draft. Uh, Zach Wilson had his knee surgery, which was deemed a success with no surprises. Good. And they say it's We're not a, a good news for the Jets. Yeah, they say it's not a season-ending injury. Well, how did right? We talked about yesterday. Had it been a like additional damage to the meniscus needed to be repaired rather than trimmed, the recovery time goes from weeks to months, and he probably would have missed the whole year. Yeah. Now they did not give any sort of timetable, other than it seems like Joe Flacco starting Week One. I think that's a given. Well, because when the injury occurred. It was Friday night, so you basically, you were basically four weeks removed from the season opener. So it was a whole two to four week thing. But it's like, I mean, you could rush him back, but with not enough, he's not going to play anymore in the preseason. Not enough practice reps. Then you're going to run him out there week one against the Ravens, right? Mm. Or even week two. Like that's the thing, though. When do you run him back out there? I would say when he feels comfortable on the knee. But let's say because his- you don't want to run him back out there and then have him be. You know, look hampered or or not a hundred percent, and it's he's favoring it, and that's when really bad things can happen. Well, let's say by week two, mm-hmm. he feels a hundred percent, right? But he's had no reps. Well, if no he feels a hundred percent, he would have had. He w- no, he didn't. He's not going to have camp. No, I'm saying what by week two is when he he feels really good. Would they have been running him out through things all of this time in between? I would. Well, he's that? not going to do. Football activities for a little while here. Football, but if if I mean he's not going to just wake up one day and have gone from you know seventy percent to a hundred percent. So I'd imagine that there would be a ramp up period where he gets back on the practice field, takes some reps because obviously that's a controlled environment. They don't hit the quarterback in practice, but he can run around and at least you know take his reps, go through his progressions, see defenses, run the playbook, things of that nature. But at the same time, they're obviously going to have to. Split up those reps because Flacco's going to need reps to get ready for game action. And then uh, what's White's first name? Mike. Mike White's going to need reps. What, for, what's, what? What, what's what? What's what? What's what? Mike White's going to need reps for when Joe Flacco gets hit and his uh, 45-year-old body cracks. No. Flacco's like Eli, man. He, <laughs> he gets rid of the ball quick? No, he just, like, he's the guy that just, knock on wood, doesn't get hurt. Oh, I don't but you can knock him around. I don't remember and... him ever missing... Significant time and pulling up his. Uh, it is amazing that Eli Manning man. never got hurt. Like the fact, like, yeah, he played. Oh, 2015, 10 games. Other than that, it was all 16 game seasons with Baltimore until his last year there. And I don't remember if that was a performance or an injury thing. Then he went to Denver, and then he was with the Jets. But like Eli Manning wasn't this physical being, right? Neither is Joe Flacco. That's the point. But it's unbelievable that these guys. Yeah, they're like gummy and dig hits. Yeah, hit after hit, and just get up. Know how to get hit in the right spot. Yes, they know how to get hit. You gotta, like the jackass guys say, you gotta relax before you the impact. Antro rolls. So I think on a podcast said that about Eli recently. Like, hey, you know, in the regular season, you know, he'd go down or he'd get rid of the ball. He knew, hey, I need to stay healthy and survive the regular season because if I go out, you know, we're screwed. But come playoff time, he'd stand in there and take a beating. And, of course, the NFC Championship game against the 49ers for the second Super Bowl comes to mind. And that's what Roll was just like. I have all the respect in the world for him. I don't know how he finished that game. He just kept getting up and getting up and making plays. 
So those the quarterbacks, those guys that are pocket passers, if you're smart, you know how to manage it and make sure you, as best as possible, avoid the hits. But there were times where Eli took big hits and played through injuries. I remember the one year, I think it was a Liz Frank, he played through, which we've heard Boomer talk about that. Or maybe it was um, plantar fasciitis, one of those two. So there were times where he cl- was clearly not anywhere close to 100%, but he was good enough to stand in the pocket and play. And take his hits. Yeah. Like a man. And Mackay Becton, I guess, officially his season's over. Yeah, I don't know. I know he was supposed to go out there and see that same surgeon that did Wilson's knee, the, the Dodgers and Chargers doctor, I think it is. So I, I don't know what the – maybe it was just like a second opinion situation. But, it says they, they put him on the injured list. Yes. But ending I, his season. But I think he was – I think they were waiting. He was supposed to go for this I, – I don't know if the two were connected, but I know in the story I had read um, about Wilson going out for the surgery, it noted that Becton was supposed to have a – whatever, appointment or consultation. Or... This guy's like, how many Jets knees are right, you yeah, doing this yeah, year? Yeah, exactly, exactly. What am I supposed to do here? And his is obviously a little different. It's a kneecap situation, not a meniscus thing. And larger. Much Probably larger. A much larger. Yeah. Knee. I yeah. wonder if the doctor prefers to work on a large knee or, yeah. or a smaller knee. Not sure it matters. Like if you, I you've, seen the, you've seen the, the, like the images of when they do these. Arthur no. Scott. You've never seen? Never seen it. Al, you uh, how they even make sense of what's in there? I'll never understand. I mean, listen, you open somebody up, that's different. But when they go in with these, art, you know, the arthroscopic with the scopes yeah. or whatever, the little cameras, I it I don't I don't know how the hell they know what they're looking at. It looks like um, it looks like chicken bits floating in oil or something. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. I'm just over here fixing some chicken bits yeah. in oil. Like if you Google right now, let's see. They wanted when I had my hernia surgeries. They wanted. They asked me if I wanted arthroscopic instead. Yeah, but you know what they would have to do to do arthroscopic? They would have had to deflate my bladder. <laughs> that sounds pleasant. Give me a catheter. As soon as I heard that, I go out. Just cut oh. me open. Let's go. Yeah, giddy up. Because they got to deflate man. your ba- bladder to get that thing, that arthroscopic thing. Yeah, in there. What does that even mean? Deflate your bladder? Like. They collapse your bladder okay. somehow. Like, Wouldn't that n- just mean, like, isn't that what it is after you go to the bathroom? No, I think it's still like a balloon. Okay. They would, like, deflate it like a so, deflated okay, so balloon. Okay, so you empty the bladder, then it just has, it's, it's inflated, deflate. it has the space in yeah. order to take on new liquid. Right. In this case, they they're shutting it. it down. Shut it down! Shut it down! <laughs> Put that arthroscopic thing in there, but because they're deflating your bladder, they got to give you a catheter. Right. And I was like, goodbye! They, yeah. <laughs> Pass. My one thing in life I need to do. I need to survive life. And I know it's difficult towards the end of life. Without a catheter. Yeah, without ever having a catheter. Yeah, doesn't That's, seem pleasant. That is the one thing I cannot handle in mm-hmm. life. Now, how do you know you've never experienced it? I'm pretty sure they're putting a thing in there. Whoop. Yes, but think about how common it is in these medical Whatever. situations. Yeah, um, no. It's a go-to Pass. thing, you know? Why not just... Put it's a, like people that have the fear of flying. Then I mean, there's eight zillion planes in the air every day, and very rarely do they fall out of the sky. Correct. When they do, it's a story. It's, a, it's drastic, and the odds of survival are not strong, not but great. it's rare. Unless you got that dude who landed that plane in the Hudson, yes. Sully. Sully. That guy manned up. Legend. He's like, going to be in the Hudson. That's right. Very, yeah, very matter of fact about very it. Very matter of factly. Yeah. Meet me in the Hudson. I'll see you there, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> also in the dead of winter. <laughs> I think it was in February. 
we're going to be in the hut. And Ooh. he has that clip where he goes, it's so calm. He yeah, goes, we're going to be in the Hudson. Yeah. We're going to be in the Hudson. We may end up in the Hudson. Yeah. We may. We, we may. may. We may. We're going to be in the Hudson. Yeah, then, yeah. He's just to confirm. <laughs> right. Initially, we may. Uh, yeah, we're going to be in the Hudson. You know what? We may end up in the Hudson here. Oh, we're going to yep. be in the Hudson. It's happening. Meet yeah. me. Just get See those things. Yeah. Uh, get a couple of boats. We're going to be in the Hudson, but don't you worry. I'm going to land that bad boy right on the Hudson. Ditching no it in problem. The Hudson. No problem. Uh, all right. Let's take a quick break here, Sila. When we come back, uh, I've got a, a Giants note. Okay. Again, uh, how did he pull that so fast? That was within five <laughs> seconds of you mentioning the clip. Like, is that under Sully? Is that under Hudson? Hudson. Hudson. I would have put that under Sully. Wow. But then yeah, you got to remember well. his name in a Yeah, pinch. that's see, there's a There's a method to Eddie's madness. Good call. All right, I got a couple things, a couple notes, a couple of good notes here. Good notes, bad notes. Good notes, a lot of good notes. notes. boring notes. And then uh, Jerry and Salicata will be here at 6 a.m. I saw Jerry Recco. He was in a Home Depot lifting very large, heavy pieces of cement. And his schween was almost on the ground. I still don't follow his story on why... Like Sal said, using like the flatbed pusher cart thing. What, how detachable penis. I yeah, I actually got a, a much finger. Oh, I got a much more detail. Oh, you did? Yeah, because I was also behind the scenes. Yeah, that Jerry went to, to pick up some uh, very heavy cement pavers right, at the home. That's why they have those. And What's he tried the, to. There's a name for them. I don't he know. tried to put them in like a shopping cart. Well, that's when he almost suffered the schween injury. Severed his schween. No, Detachable I got that, penis. But like the the plastic carts are not really meant for that. They're not. They have those like the metal low to the ground. Yeah, flat but they're hard loaders. to maneuver sometimes. Jerry probably thought, ah, I'll just put a couple of these in the cart. It'll be all good, and then that's what happened. I, I would say anything is hard to maneuver when you put that much weight in. Correct. On, on or in. Now, anyway. I, not- I noticed you have a pillow by your desk. Did you Correct. sleep here I did. or are you going to no, sleep? No, I slept last night here. So you did S&Y? Correct. Uh, by the way, somebody who works here, who shall remain nameless, calls S&Y um, WFAN-TV. This is all WFAN people over there. <laughs> Why do they have to remain nameless? Is it that much of a <laughs> hot take? Hot take. Just there is. There are quite a few fan <laughs> people a, or former fan people over there over the years. No one's ever asked me to go on over have, there. Have you asked to be involved? No. Nope. A little late, a little too late for you. It is too late for me. Yeah. Plus, it's in New York. If you I could be, do it from my home at like 1 o'clock, I would do something with them. 1 p.m. Yeah, 1 p.m. Yeah. 1 p.m. Yeah, like I don't. Preview. I think they're usually airing Mets Classics at 1 p.m. So or you, no, uh, yeah, before Cardin and Roberts, yes. So you uh, slept, where do you sleep when you come uh, here? I've actually found it's sort of like um, a little diamond in the rough spot. I don't want to say too much because okay. I feel like we're all around here jockeying for for spots sleep and where, pods. To, where to lay our heads. So like, okay. you know, Jerry had offered me the key to Boomer's office yesterday, which he has, which he's used coming back from Rutgers or wherever. And I said, that's okay, Jerry. Can leave Boomer's office locked up. I've got a, I've got got a, spot. a spot. I've got a couch. Okay. Yeah. Good. Because up until just a few weeks ago, I was still using the infamous WFAN recliner that predates my employment here, which is now in Craig's office, which he, you know, he has no problem with. I always look Um, at that as the Harris Allen chair. That's where he used to, I used to find him sleeping there when I would come in sometimes. I feel, I mean, it's been a long list of folks that have, over the years, especially some of our engineers. That's a disgusting chair of all Jim Pierce, big time on the... 
the recliner chair. Yeah. yeah, too many people slept on that. Yeah, I mean, listen, Stevie. desperate times, you know, you need to catch a couple couple hours of shut-eye. you got to lay the head down somewhere. I suppose. But yeah, I found a newer, a newer less, less used, lightly soiled couch. Okay, good. On the floor here somewhere. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, good for you, so as all you need, say. You know, it's not, it's not the most comfortable, but if you bring the little pillow, good to go. Okay. Yeah. Now, I see the Giants are going to add seven members to their ring of yeah, honor. Big number. A lot of people. Yeah. One of them don't make any sense to me, and we'll get to that oh. here. Joe Morris, cool. Love Joe Morris. He was a great running back for the uh-huh. Giants. Otis Anderson, how he wasn't in before, I'm not sure. Okay. Guy was uh, Well, they got to spread it out. They're going to add somebody every year, you know. How long they've been doing this, though? It feels mm, like... Not that long yet. But Lawrence Taylor's got to be there already and Phil Sims, so they've been doing uh, a little I would think while. so. I think that both teams started doing this once MetLife opened or shortly thereafter. Oh, okay, so it wasn't pro- they weren't pulling things over from Giants. I can't be certain. Rodney Hampton's going to go in? Yeah. Leonard Marshall? Yeah. Who for many years was a great Howard Stern guest during Is that his right? playing times. Yes. Huh. Uh, Kyle Root? Not sure who that is. Jimmy Patton? Okay. Not sure who that is. But I do know who this person is, and I don't get it. Because those guys are all, the previous guys I mentioned are all guys who I know where you're headed now. played for the Giants. Right. The other person going into the ring of honor is current senior VP of medical services, mm-hmm. Ronnie Barnes. He's been there forever, dude. Okay. And a great man. I yeah. know him I know him when I used to travel on the, uh, on the, with the Giants radio crew. But he didn't play on the Doesn't Giants. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Within well, the uh, let, let, let me tell you, well, well deserved. Is that right? And I'm sure yes. of a highly respected over there at the Giants facility. The great Ronnie Barnes. It's like yes. right, good for you, some Ronnie teams Barnes. have these, yeah, they have these guys that no matter, you know, different uh, GMs and coaching staffs come through and certain guys stay. He's that kind of guy. Like the Rangers have that with Jim Ramsey's their trainer and their goaltender coach, Benoit Allaire. Doesn't matter. Different regimes come through. Some guys stick. He's that kind of guy. We got to make this guy the next Dr. Fauci. We'll put him, no, we don't him... need to do that. <laughs> No. Let's let him lead America <laughs> uh, me- uh, medically. It's like one day I would imagine Pat Hanlon might end up in the Giants Ring of Honor. Would right. you be ripping that? Not to his face. Well, how about here on the warm-up show? Here program? on the warm-up show. Once that we... also would be well-deserved. Yeah. Would I rip it after we'd done our training camp show so I didn't have to face him? <laughs> yes. Yeah, until the following year. I'm like, all oh, right. Let that simmer a little bit. No, you're right. There are guys like that. Jay Horowitz for the Mets. Yes, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yep. Long-time PR media mm-hmm. man. All right. I take it back. We talked you off the ledge, Al. I was against uh, Ronnie, Ronnie Barnes. Barnes going Did, in. Be fair. Had you ever heard the name Ronnie Barnes I'd until not. yesterday? No. So there you go. But uh, I shouldn't know the name Ronnie but Barnes. But anybody involved, uh, even a little bit, with yeah. the, covering the Giants, yeah. they, they knows know. Ronnie Barnes. Or right. if you've followed, been a fan of and followed the Giants. For, and well, how long have... would you say, Eddie? Is it north of 30 years now? Oh, gosh, he was there for a while and established when I was working in the mid-90s. So, yeah. So probably right in that range. Yeah. And by the way, Al, you've seen him numerous times. I've seen Ronnie Barnes. <laughs> you have. The great Ronnie Barnes. Well, like, maybe, maybe even had a conversation with him at one point. Probably not. Oh, okay. No, no, I don't mean just on television. When oh, yeah, an yeah, yeah. But you sure. said if you followed the Giants, like my Uncle Mike has been a longest known Giants fan that I know. There's no way he knows who Ronnie I bet you he does. He, he probably does. Oh, I bet you he does. I'm going to text him. You should. Should have done your show prep. and te- <laughs> Hey, Uncle Mike, tell me about this Ronnie Barnes before Uncle I Mike. go on the air and question his legitimacy tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I take it back. Uh, this is why we talk things out. Yeah. 
I don't always have to win arguments. This is why we talk it out. Very good. You guys convinced me. We educated you. Ronnie Barnes. Yeah. And now others who just heard this, when they're in the stadium next year, whenever this happens, this actually happened against, they're they're putting all these these guys in during the, the Giants home game against the Cowboys this, this year. This year, yeah. I think it's September. Okay. People will be like, who the hell is Ronnie Barnes? Like, <laughs> you know what? I heard about this guy on the warm-up program. Uh, yes, sure. Let me educate you. Anybody on who's it. watched the Giant game live or in yeah, person has yeah. seen him come out on the field whenever right. there's an injury. We didn't know he was ro- the great Ronnie Barnes. Or heard him referenced by the various coaching staffs over <laughs> the year when discussing <laughs> player injuries and health. Yeah. All right. I'll take your word for it. All right. Uh, the NBA is not scheduling games on Election Day. Saw this, yeah. They want to promote increased voter turnout. Yeah, for midterm. Is it midterms? Midterm elect? What is it? Yes. I don't know. Yeah. Midterm election. Yeah. But and they're, is... they're they're doing some sort of, beyond not scheduling the games, yeah. I think they're doing some sort of program. They're like somehow, I'm butchering this. Encouraging you to come out Yeah, to but they're the going to provide vote. some sort of service, I guess, that aids in that. I don't know exactly what it is. But. Now. I did like this, though. The uh, the article I was reading said ESPN's Mark Spears reported only 20% of eligible NBA players voted during the 2019 election. So good job. These guys all get on their social media telling you everybody who stinks, and then they don't even vote. Well, I, listen, I, I am certainly not going to sling arrows here because in recent years I have been very uninspired to – to do so myself. Oh, is that right? Yeah, I actually I did not. I'm not to get, vote presidential. Not to get. I, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. In this most recent one, I didn't abstain. Like I went and cast a vote, but, but you weren't happy about no, it. No, I cast a vote for someone that a useless vote. Correct. That was that was my form of protesting without not voting. Nice. That's how strongly I felt against both candidates. And wow. I'll leave it at that. Without get without going down that path, because I know I'm going to get hit with the any vote that wasn't for Biden was a vote for Trump. Like, so I'm not I'm not going I'm not going. I'm just telling you what I know. I've heard that before that line of thinking. And but if you don't like either one, that's fine. Yeah, I just I could not in my own conscience cast a vote on either side. I'm glad you voted for somebody, even if it wasn't to one of the two. But again, it's essentially a. But you did put your vote out there correct. that got counted that's correct for saying i did vote yes. but i didn't want now if you ask me too. which of the alternate candidates i voted for i could not tell don't you. even know now the prior election evan and evan had educated me quite a bit on some of the independent candidates oh is that right and i did i again i couldn't tell you his name now <laughs> <laughs> but i do remember feeling like okay I'm casting a vote again, not for either of the main parties. So that's actually two consecutive elections wow. I've I'm done. I'm casting that in. A, a vote for the sports minute. Oh, good one! Ah, very good, Eddie. Good transition. I hope Amy Lawrence is doing it. It is Amy Lawrence, oh, and she's talking about Fernando Tatis Senior. How about that, Al? Hello. It's coming. All right. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Eddie's trying to time this out so as soon as we start talking. Quickly, two names. By the way, I saw saw Mike Tyson. Two names was. WFAN. WFAN FM. WFAN FM HD1 New York. Always live on the free Odyssey app.